Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We're all back three strong today. Myself, Elite86, joined by Nerd Bomber. Welcome back. Hello, hello, everybody. Sorry, I sound a little bit like a frog, but I'm just going to deal with it this week. That, well, we're, we're happy to have you, frog or not. Uh, and Tectic, of course, also also back once again. Um, not frog, but I'm here. I would say you're more of like a, like a spider monkey. I'll take it. If you were an... A- any animal what would you be you know hold on it's funny that you called him a spider monkey because we play beach volleyball and sometimes he subs into my team and his nickname is the spider monkey because because i'm fast like a spider monkey let's leave it there it's a good thing to be in volleyball no matter what it means i don't i feel like nerd was about to say something deprecating but it wasn't so much deprecating it's just imagine him in midair and like what does a spider monkey look like when they're jumping through the air that is what he looks like when he is attacking a volleyball it is all limbs are stretched out every single one it's honestly impressive all five limbs i would say the all five limbs i would say the limbs yeah the limbs look a certain way and i am this is a i'm painting i'm being painted a picture of of what you play volleyball like so this will be good uh, for me in the future if, if ever we are to meet on the on the court so to speak happy belated valentine's day we talked about valentine's day a little bit last week but now it has come and gone and um we're going to get a little bit into uh, what you guys did for Valentine's Day right near the top of the episode here. But uh, yeah, happy Valentine's Day to our listeners and welcome to the rest of February. It's now discounted chocolate time of year. So go stock oh, up. Yeah. We cleaned up on that already in this household. We we, we got bought a pack of Reese's. First of all, Reese's is doing is doing God's work. I mean, they make every time there's a holiday, they make a different shape of Reese. And what's amazing is that some shapes taste better than others. But I digress. We got a bunch of Reese's hearts that were like super discounted. It's the ratio. It just slightly tweaks the ratio of chocolate yeah. to peanut butter. And it, it has works. to be something like that. I, I, but the point I'm trying to make is that we bought them and they're already gone. And we were, we're recording this on, on Tuesday, like always. And Valentine's Day was Friday. So that uh, is you, do, you do the math. That is we're, very impressive. We don't play in this household. That's all I'm going to say when it comes to chocolate. Because I also, my girlfriend, Hayes, who's been on this show, she got me mint chocolate because I'm a big mint chocolate guy. So we had mint chocolates and Reese's and still we just, we, let me just put it this way. We had a busy weekend. But anyways, we're removed from Valentine's Day now. Uh, we're entering the back half of winter. I believe the, the groundhog did not see his shadow this year which we didn't talk about the groundhog at all in, in, in past episodes. Like, I feel like the groundhog always sees his shadow. This year, he he didn't see it. So that means winter, winter is like ending, I guess. Groundhog Day is weird. Uh, doesn't even make any sense at all. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense because if he saw his shadow, that would mean that it's sunny and that should indicate that it's like nice and warm and it's going to get warm soon. I don't know. It's all weird. If we had a research department, I would be asking them right now to find out how accurate the groundhog's predictions are. But we don't, so we're gonna it's leave. Got to be that. based on the farmer's almanac, honestly. And then the groundhog itself is just a gimmicky thing for public relations. So you think the groundhog reads the the, the farmer's almanac every year, and that's how he figures out what to do? No, they're not controlling. It. Every year, the groundhog poke. They show a video of the groundhog. He literally does the same thing, and they go, "Oh, oh, he saw his shadow," or "Oh, nope, didn't see it." And, and he do the same thing year after year. And it's always. I have seen those videos once or twice, and the crazy thing about it is that it's a bunch of like old. Yeah, there's a bunch of guys that they look like they're trying to dress up like the Monopoly guy, like they were all wearing like top hats and like they got like white beards. It's all go look, watch this video if you haven't seen it yet. Anyways, my point is winter should be ending soon. 
but we have a great episode today. We're going to be talking about the Sonic movie, which is actually, as of now, the highest opening video, uh, highest opening for a video game movie ever. So that's exciting. And Nerd Bomber and Tectic did see that. So we're going to get the inside scoop from them. We're also going to be talking, of course, about the Robert Pattinson Batman reveal that came last week in the form of a video that's like, I don't know, 20 seconds long or something. And we're going to be talking about the PS5. We got a kind of an unfortunate update on that. But as has been mentioned, let's start at the start with Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, the reviews for this movie have actually been pretty good as far as I understand it. I want to, I don't know what the Rotten Tomatoes is. I'm looking it up right now. I want to say it's 60s or 70s. Yeah, I think um, it definitely broke the 60 threshold because I was reading an article that said that. 64, yeah, 64. Okay. Yeah, that they were kind of comparing this to Detective Pikachu and how well that did when that opened. And it was somewhere similar in the 60 range, I think. Right. And well, and that's that is, I'm glad you mentioned that, because as I mentioned before, pulled in 57 million this weekend, which is sets the new record for the best opening weekend by a video game movie, beating out Detective Pikachu, which was the former record holder. And they had 54.3. So barely beating them. That honestly um, surprised me. Although going back and looking to see what else was coming out when Detective Pikachu released, it did go up against a lot of the Disney live action movies. Yeah. So it, it now looking back, it kind of makes more sense. But I thought for sure Pokemon would have beat out Sonic any day. In the summer, you have you have more choices. And yeah, Pokemon is a huge name. So that should draw more people. But here in February, I there's not a whole lot to compete with. And I do, I do also wonder to what extent the Valentine's Day opening has a positive effect on this. Because, I mean, a classic date is dinner and a movie, as we know. Do you think that a lot of people... Do you think there were a lot of couples seeing Sonic the Hedgehog on Valentine's Day on opening night? I know you guys did this. Yep, I could tell um, you there was at least one couple that saw it for Valentine's Day. <laughs> at least and, one, and it was you. And I have to say, it was it, it was lighthearted enough to really kind of not feel uncomfortable for the movie we went to that on that holiday. So probably. So yeah, I mean, because I, I don't I don't know if there were a whole lot of romantic. I know there was at least one or two. And I know there was one horror movie, Fantasy Island, and then there was one other romance that came out with like Lakeith Stanfield, and I can't think of the name. I want to say it's like the photograph or something, but. Other than that, no real competition. So a lot of people probably just figured, hey, let's go see Sonic. You know, it looks like some kind of movie. So you you guys liked it. You did not like it. Give me like a, a star rating here. So for me, I actually really like this a lot. And I think I was kind of thinking about this for the last couple of days. And I was trying to figure out where it ranked in terms of like that versus Detective Pikachu. And I think I might have actually liked it better than Detective Pikachu. Because for the type of movie that it was trying to be, I think Detective Pikachu was a little bit too dark, whereas Sonic kept it really like fun and lighthearted. And like there were a lot of really touching moments, but you never I don't know, it, the tone of it was really good. So basically the premise of the movie, I guess a little bit of spoiler. I won't get into spoilers just yet, like not nothing too heavy. But basically Sonic is from a different planet and he is raised by an owl and there's a bunch of bad guys who find out that he has a power and he's like a baby or like a young child and so the rings from the game are actually portals into other worlds so his guardian sends him through one of the portals to hide on a different planet so that people won't take advantage of his power and they basically he is told once you get to this other planet like don't let people know that you have this power just kind of stay on your own so no one tries to take advantage of you so then he basically grows up on earth as an outsider and he's watching like little league games and growing up in this small town of green hills that's a, a nice little nod to the green hill zone from sonic and um just feeling very lonely and that kind of inspires then 
this friendship with Marsden's character and a nice little fun adventure just about like friendship and finding his way back home yada 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 the main now, thing that i thought none that of that's canon right i sorry i just I, there was a lot of detail there that i had never heard about sonic the hedgehog he's from he is he actually from a different planet in the games i don't as far as my understanding goes he's not no i mean he they is don't, from a different planet they don't obviously he? he's not from earth but they don't really have that many humans i think the only human in the sonic games is eggman or dr robotnik right so other than him like you never really in the games have to address where exactly he is and how he got there and how the society cropped up with humans i think this was a really original take obviously it didn't have a lot to do with like story lore from the games but i think this was a really original take to try to bring him into this live action realm and i think it explained it really well how he ended up with the humans i think taking like the alien take on it was a really original idea and i think it made it feel more normal then to have this like cartoony fast hedgehog character interacting with other humans who could talk and stuff because honestly if he was just an earth hedgehog it would have just been weird like why aren't the other animals on earth being able to talk to him and stuff like that you know right so so i believe they got a lot of their information their inspiration from the animated series on fox that we when we were kids was airing um, in that one, he came from another planet. He was actually friends with a police officer, and that police officer had his own race car squad where him and Sonic were best friends because they'd always be trying to go faster than the other one. That, to me, felt very much... What show is they... this? Sonic. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that, to me, felt where they got a lot of their inspiration from. I did but... not know there was a Sonic TV show. It makes perfect sense that there was. But and my boy, I... my boy Shadow the Hedgehog was in it. That's why I watched it. And ultimately, what I think made this better than Detective Pikachu was the fact that everything that was in Detective Pikachu, a lot of the hilarious moments were shown in the commercials, whereas this, we didn't really see a lot of it other than one or two scenes. And what we got in the movie was all kind of new content, at least at least for us. And then on top of that, the plot wasn't very predictable, whereas I believe right in the first 15 minutes you're like yep i know how this is gonna end yeah for detective pikachu i called it like immediately i will i will agree with that there were a lot of jokes that definitely were a little bit out there but 100 percent landed with me for example um james marsden's sister-in-law i don't know why but i found her very hilarious like the entire movie she's trying to convince her sister james marsden's wife that she should divorce him which like there's no reasoning for it whatsoever like obviously he's an attractive looking guy he's basically like adonis you know he's very chiseled actor and fantastic baby blues yeah and like so like there's nothing wrong with him from a physical perspective he seems like a very caring husband so basically the sister-in-law is just here the entire time like inserting these random one-liners that for whatever reason just really hit home with me now you mentioned james marsden how how is my guy jim carrey and ben schwartz because they're, they're my guys. So I thought Jim Carrey was going to be absolutely extra and kind of annoying. But like he, of he actually, yeah, he actually fell into the role quite well. Um, there were obviously the, the over-the-top moments. But as far as the um, introverted slash extrovert, I guess you would call it, um, kind of weird, quirky engineer mastermind, he nailed it. And then there was even some scenes where he just kind of went into his own little world, played his music playlist and got to work. And it was just, it was, it was awesome. I, I really actually, there were parts where I 
Eggman was my favorite character, or as they called him, Doctor Robotnik. Yeah. Now, if well, if anyone can be extra, it's it's Jim Carrey. So that, that like that was a concern that I remember. Well, when I saw the first trailer, there were many concerns, but at the time, one of the bigger ones was, boy, Jim Carrey is just kind of like really Jim Carrey all over this movie. See, um, so for me, he was probably the weaker point of the entire movie. I actually, I was really digging Ben Schwartz's Sonic. I thought he played that extremely well. He voice acted that great. And I think his chemistry with James Marsden and like the whole kind of like buddy adventure movie aspect of it was really great. And to me, Jim Carrey, like, I don't know. I was never really big on like 90s Jim Carrey. I always thought he overacted. Like there, there's a certain threshold where his super physical, reactive, over-the-top comedy is funny. And then once he passes it, it's just like a little bit too much and he layers it on too thick. And to me, he kind of hit that point a little bit. Like, keep in mind in this movie, and obviously like Dr. Robotnik has his own character and material to draw on from the games. But in this movie, he's supposed to be someone that the government hires to bring in to do an investigation. And the way he acts is just like completely out of left field and just a little bit too crazy for me to fit in the world and how they explained his presence in it. So I don't know. I do think there is something at the end that I do want to touch on. We'll have a spoiler in a little bit for the after credit scene because there is an after credit scene. So I'm excited to see where he'll eventually take the character if there's a sequel, which I heavily suspect there is going to be a sequel just because it's I think the budget for this movie was actually pretty low. And so I don't see a world in which they don't recoup and make a profit on this movie. So I can very easily see there being a sequel. And so, so, yeah, so, so you're saying that now is going to be my next question is they built in the possibility of a sequel. I mean, it, it's, it's a movie that's based on existing IP. So you have to assume kind of going in that they're going to at least leave it open for a sequel if they can. But you're saying based on this credit scene and, and just generally how the movie ended that a sequel is likely. Right. So like the movie itself, I think could easily be a standalone and it wrapped up the story that it presented in this movie very well at the end. Um, But then it did present an after credit scene and this is a little bit of a spoiler territory now. So if you don't want to hear about this, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Yeah. Just say it a bunch of times, whatever it takes. So in in the after credit scene at the very end of the movie, Eggman is sent to a different planet where he's basically all by himself and goes a little bit crazy. And he starts to look a little bit more like the classic Eggman from the video games and the TV shows. Wow, spoilers. I'm just kidding. I have to be here. I have to listen to the spoilers. It's much my Yeah, job. sorry. So I'm curious to see how he'll develop that character as he really takes on more of a traditional Dr. Robotnik persona. And then Tails also shows up in an after credit scene looking for Sonic and... I have to tell you, Tails is my boy. He's my favorite character in Sonic. Some people don't like him because they think he's a little bit too like, oh, I'm such a little kid and I can't do anything because I'm just Tails. But growing up, so my brother and sister are both significantly older than I am. So whenever we'd play Sonic 2, I was always relegated to Tails because Tails can't die and is not the main character. So you don't really influence the game all that much. And so I have this really strong bond with Tails. I loved him in every single game that he's in, in the movies. And I really liked even when he showed up in the after credit scene, I think I like punched Tectic a little bit and I was like, oh my God, it's Tails. And I was super excited the way they animated him. I, I really like it. He's a little bit too boxy. But I think that his animation style, I think, will lend itself well to matching Sonic's animation style. The new one, obviously not the old one. Um, So I'm very excited. Do you know who voiced him by any chance? And probably was really quick. I don't know if he even said anything. 
I think he only said a few words and I don't remember who voiced him. That's that's interesting. And I am also like, it's hard, like you mentioned, it's hard for me to imagine Jim Carrey playing someone that was hired by the government and is therefore kind of supposed to be at least a little bit serious. So him going to crazy town makes a lot more sense given, you know, the actor that he is. And like you said, all of his physical things that he does. I don't know much about Sonic. Like I, when I was a kid, I had one video game that was fantastic. I think it was called Sonic Adventures that's but that it's so generic it was a gamecube game i was a tales guy as well i don't think for the same reasons uh i think the reasons were probably a lot more superficial it sounds like tactics a shadow man yes and yes and that's why i wanted to expand on the end of credits scene with my theory for what the sequel is going to be you guys all know i love my theories and please do 50 percent of the time they're wildly outlandish 50 percent of the time they they might hit home with some of you but for this one when he was in this other planet the one thing he had with him was a piece of sonic's fur just a little follicle and what that contains is sonic's single quill what that contains is sonic's dna and for those of you who don't know, my boy Shadow is a clone of Sonic. So I'm hoping I'm hoping in the sequel that that is what we see. And that is the major protagonist. Who's going to play Shadow? Who's going to uh, play Shadow? It will be me, Tactic. Wow. Is this your official announcement? No, I don't think my voice is cool enough, to be completely honest. I don't remember what Shadow sounded like. I don't even really remember what Sonic sounded like. I feel like it's a it's a it's a clean slate. I feel like it could sound like anybody. I feel like Christopher Walken could do it. I think you you need someone with a deep, smooth voice to play Shadow. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I, have, no. I have no idea. Boy, I would love Mark Wahlberg to do it. I though. could definitely see like Vin Diesel. No, I was thinking Idris Elba would be a good. That Shadow. that would work too. He'd be good. He's very in demand right now, though. It might, it might be tough for them. We'll see. Uh, but like you said, it is, it's making a lot of money. So maybe people will want to be in this next one. Who, who knows? Uh, so Sonic is still out right now. Uh, obviously, it just came out last Friday. should be up for the foreseeable future. And you have it. You heard it here first, or maybe not first. But what you did hear here here first is that it gets the uh, Online Warriors seal of approval, which maybe we should like start like giving those out like officially, you know? I mean, I definitely, Slapping I would stamp this. Things. Like just, I guess, to, to put a little pin on this, I think this is a great movie. If you don't know anything about Sonic, you'll have a lot of fun. I feel like kids will have a lot of fun. All ages will kind of enjoy this movie. And if you are a Sonic fan, there's also a lot of like small little winks and nods and fan servicey things thrown in. Like when the Sonic score starts playing, I got super excited at one point. There's just a lot of like little Easter eggy type things like that that will really excite you. So I definitely recommend going to see this one. And it was to just kind of put a final pin in this. It was like super romantic, right? Definitely. I couldn't yeah, imagine uh, a more romantic free. Valentine's Day evening. Well, there you go. Take take your take your boo to see this movie. You won't be sorry, I guess. But let's let's move now into what may be a more divisive uh, movie topic, which is, of course, the Robert Pattinson Batman reveal, which I really I think it actually is just a screen test that Matt Reeves posted. I, I believe. Robert Pattinson himself may have also posted it. I don't even know if he's on social media. But anyways, if you haven't seen this yet, uh, you could go watch it right now. Like I said, it's probably 20 seconds long. It's basically just a picture of Batman wearing the bat suit in like a, it's like a red room. It's The lighting's very bad. For being a screen test, like the lighting is bad. That was like one of the first things I thought I was like, this isn't a very good test. 
with that said, I want to get all of our thoughts kind of on, on what we did see and actually what we heard, because actually it, the score was an early score test as well. And it was uh, Michael G- Giacchino. I always pronounce it wrong. Uh, the guy who scored Spider-Man and he's done a bunch of other movies. I believe he also did Doctor Strange. Uh, so he has a, a good superhero pedigree. But uh, what were your guys' general thoughts on this? So from a geometrically pleasing standpoint, I thought it looked very, very cool i I mean it it had the right amount of technology lookingness to it but also the right amount of armorness to it and yes i'm making up words um but the two weird things for me was his jawline looked kind of strange it looked way harsher than it is in reality And, and i know um robert pattinson has a pretty harsh jaw structure harsh or defined but it looked cartoonish on, on where the, the mask kind of met his face. That was a little strange. Well, and I then, have a theory. You're, you're getting into what one of my main points was going to be, and I have a theory about that, but continue. And then the other thing, which I'm glad you mentioned the lighting. At first, I got kind of strong Batman Beyond vibes because it looked like the logo on his chest was red. Right. Um, but as as you said, the, the lighting kind of messed that up. So I, I hope to see it in better lighting and a little bit clearer. But all in all, positive reviews for me. Yeah, I thought it looked cool. I think it's really interesting the mixed materials because like the chest plate and the body armor was obviously like more. It, it looked like some kind of hard metal, and then the face mask was actually looked like sewn leather. The thing that really stood out to me though was the bat symbol itself on his chest. So it didn't actually totally look like a bat. It honestly it looks like either a gadget or something that I've been reading on the internet. One of the leading theories is that the bat symbol on his suit is actually made from the gun that killed his parents. Yeah, so I've I've seen this too. The the vibe I I think the chest symbol to me is my favorite part of of the suit and of the reveal. I was getting strong. Um, actually, I can't remember which one it is. It might be Arkham Knight. One of the Arkham games had a Batman suit that looks very similar to this, at least in terms of the chest plate and and what the bat symbol looks like, where it's got this very very metallic a little bit ornamented kind of thing going with it uh, a little bit weathered as well um so i was a really big fan of that to go back to your point tactic about the mask and kind of how it meets robert pattinson's face i i don't think the jawline is the problem i think the problem is that the mask like the shape of the mask it looks like it's not tight enough like the nose is very pointed and like I don't know. It looks like it's not like, like you, it looks like if I stuck my hand in Batman's face, which don't ever do that for, first of all, but if I did that, I could stick my, I could slip my fingers in between the gap where his face meets the mask very easily. And I don't like that. That's like, <laughs> for some reason, I just, I saw that. I was like, it's too loose. It looks like it's flapping around. You could get a stiff breeze up there. The whole thing could blow off. I'm hoping that was shown on, I, I, it actually looks to me like a, like a wax mannequin that they were showing and it doesn't look like a real person. So that could be the reason for dimensional gaps and yeah. also jaw harshness as I'm calling it. Um, and, and that, that, that's, I don't think it's a mannequin. It doesn't he move? It, no, it doesn't look move. like a real person. But that, but that's it why does. I think it is him. It I'm just, pretty sure it, it's him because he moves in it. I think he moves. Like I think he looks at the camera. Have you ever been to a wax museum? Everyone swears they move. Anyway, <laughs> fair point. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm hoping that that is kind of the the reason for my issues, and that all in all, when we get to see the final product, that it will look good. And that that's why I'm still gonna gonna 
fair towards the positive reviews on that. I I really think they did a good job. I think they added nice details, like uh, Nerd Bomber said, with the potential gunmetal in his chest plate. Things like that are what really blows me away and what separates kind of the men from the boys, if I may. It's better than the bat nipples? Way better than the bat nipples. But those are used now, for cutting diamonds. So s- Something that I do want to bring up that I saw someone mention this when I first watched it. I think I first saw it on Reddit or something. And I was I watched the video and, of course, I scrolled down to the comments. Someone mentioned, you never see the top of his head. You never see the ears. So people are there's a lot of speculation as to what those look like because we've seen a number of different variations of those. For example, if you look at like Ben Affleck's bat suit, the ears are a little bit more subtle. They're a little no, bit I lower. hate those little tiny ones. They're so tiny, right? And I, I agree. I don't like them. Um, and then you see like, I think Michael Keaton's, they were way up there. Christian Bale's. I think the Christian Bale bat suit, for what it's worth, for my money, best bat suit I've seen in any Batman movie. I any really Batman hope- media at all. Of all of the modern Batman, Christian Bale is just the best one hands down. So I disagree. I think Michael Keaton is, but... Feel free to have it's, your opinion. Yeah, I think I'm a Christian Bale man, but Michael Keaton is probably a second. Like, and I, and I just googled when I look at Christian the way that the Christian Bale suit's ears look, it's it's perfect. They're not trying to be as much as Michael Keaton's were, but they're also they're very clearly there. Unlike the Ben Affleck suit, which is it's almost like they were stuck on there as an afterthought. You know, uh, the, the 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 Christian Bale bat suit, the face. The mask has like all this character in it. Like you can, there's lines near the eyes that like it looks like he's constantly scowling, right? And I think that's important. Whereas I don't know, this Robert Pattinson, it, I, I'm not getting that from this. It looks like it looks like if let me put it this way, I think if I was Bruce Wayne and I had all the money in the world, I could make something uh, uh, better than this. Is that fair to say? Because even if, like you you mentioned that it looks like leather, and it does. Get like a, a gra- like a carbon fiber or something. Yeah, like, I'm confused. Come on, like, chill out a little bit. From a tech perspective, why would you want to have your entire body covered in armor metal and then have your head, which is arguably one of the most vulnerable things that you need to protect on your body, and then make it leather? And leather, I mean, like it sticks and you get, you get sweaty in there. I mean, come on. That's why Figure Red yourself. Hood had it right. He has the the metal like biker mask thing. Yeah. I think no. metal is is the right way to go. Or even in Batman Begins, I think in, in Christian Bale, like they when they're testing the suits, they get one of the helmets is wrong. And like remember Michael Michael Caine like breaks it with a hammer and it's like it's a graphite problem. And they're like, all right, we'll just get a bunch more because he's Batman. He's Bruce Wayne. He can be super rich and buy whatever the heck he wants. That's half of it. So I, like I'm wondering, looking at this with that in mind, I'm wondering if this is a screen test for like, all right this is like the first Batman suit that he makes and then he'll like make a better one, you know? Like this is like the rough cut, like in a video game when you But like you said, he's got... The other challenge with having billions of dollars and making your suit is you got to do it in the shadows or else everyone's going to know you're Batman. So that that could be why, quote, he made it himself, like you had just said. Yeah. I I mean, it uh, it, it could be an early iteration or it could be the final one and maybe that's the sort of thing they're going for. Maybe, Maybe that's something that they see as being being grittier it's not as polished as the christian bell batman is because the christian bell batman is extremely well put together and i think most of the batman suits are but but to give, y- yeah to give bruce some credit if um when when my suit is done the body is what's going to have the majority of the protection and the head will be like just basically the brain parts 
everything else is kind of hard to block up without obstructing your vision. Yeah, I mean, hmm. I'm I'm just I'm look I'm I'm on Google Images and I'm looking at these back and forth. And yeah, but you'd want to protect your neck and stuff. Like if someone comes at you with. I don't know, like a throwing star or something. You don't want it to stick through the leather into your head. That's going to hurt. Because there are, and, and, and like as we bring all this stuff up, like there are iterations of the bell, of the bell suit. And that's like, it actually factors into the plot. But th- there were iterations of the bat suit in the Bale universe that like it was factored into the plot. And, and uh, at one point he, he tells Morgan Freeman's character, like, can I turn my head? Cause I want to be able to turn my head. Because you'd make backing out of the driveway either. You know, it makes a joke, and that's like kind of a wink at like I think the George Clooney Batman was the one where it was an it one entire like molded, it like went from the shoulders all the way up to the head, and it oh, was yeah, all his one whole piece. body rotated whenever he moved. Exactly, and people made fun of him for that, along with the bat nipples. So, so, so like I don't know. It's a tough thing to make a bat suit and have everyone like it. It's a heck of a lot better than uh, the Justice League ben affleck suit from what i've seen so far the justice league ben affleck suit i don't know maybe part of it was that like i just feel like ben affleck didn't have the right body type for batman he was like he's so like i don't even understand like what it like by the time he played batman he was frumpy it's not that he's frumpy i think he's just like if anything he got too muscly when i picture batman i do not picture someone that's as muscly as like you picture lean but fast. Captain America. Exactly. That's exact. And and again, I feel like Christian Bale had it perfect. And granted, Christian Bale was beefy too, but like, I just feel like his body type was, it suited it better. Ben Affleck is like, he's got, he carries a lot of his weight up top. Well, he was like. supposed to be old Batman when he, when he was bigger and slower right. and, and relied more on technology than, than Kung Fu. Right? And was easily swayed by other people's mom's names. True indeed. So there's, yeah, there's there's a lot to digest here with with this new Batman, but we want to know uh, what you guys all think. So if you uh, want, you can hit us all up on the social meds. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, as usual, I will uh, kind of uh, plug our Twitter names. So I am at OW Legal Eighty Six. We have at OW Tactic and at OW Nerd Bomber, and then of course there's our main account for the show at Online Warriors One. Uh, we also have an Instagram. I think it's at Online Warriors Podcast? Question mark. You can check that out as well. Uh, we'd love to hear from you about the Batman suit, the Bat suit, I guess I should call it, or anything else. I, I presume as we go on here, there's going to be a Batmobile reveal and all kinds of stuff. So there'll be a lot to talk about. And there's more to talk about in this episode. But uh, before we do that, we are going to take a short break to shout out some of our friends. Hey, guys, it's Kyle and Nick. And we're from Dem Fancy Dinosaurs, a weekly comedy podcast revolving around movies, TV shows and pop culture. We release a new episode every Thursday. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts? Why did you say that like a question? I don't know. Okay, anyway, yes, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any of the podcatchers. Or you can look up www.demfancydinosaurs.com. Thanks, guys. Stay fancy and enjoy the rest of the show. All right, we are back. Um... And we are here to talk about the PS5, kind of an update on the PS5 development and the rollout. But before we do that, uh, I do want to shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Checkness. Ben has been supporting us for a while. In fact, we just reached out to him uh, on Patreon uh, as it is time uh, for him to guest on the show again, um, which is one of the privileges he gets as a top tier Patreon supporter. Uh, every three months he gets a guest spot on the show so that'll be happening soon but um if you want to be like ben um 
Ben is a a third tier. Uh, actually, well, I guess that would be the first tier, the highest level tier of Patreon support, which is the night level. And he gets this producer shout out in every show. He also gets input into our weekly game segment and uh, access to the monthly secret segment and vlog as well, which I believe I'm going to be filming the vlog for this month, this weekend. Um, and then I also mentioned the guest spots that he uh, he often gets. Uh, if you aren't quite as cool as Ben, which is understandable, uh, we have a second level of support as well, which gives you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. Uh, and that's the squire level the third level of support is our page level and that gets you access to the monthly secret segment so if you're interested in any of those levels you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the details we would super super appreciate any support we love doing this and we would love the opportunity to continue doing so let's talk about the playstation 5 which we've talked about this oh a handful of times at this point on the podcast and we're probably going to talk about it a handful more times because it's supposed to come out later this year, um, probably in parallel with the Xbox Series X. But we're now hearing about some problems. Uh, according to Bloomberg, there is uh, a lot of trouble with uh, costly parts and raw materials um, driven by high demand for memory components for things like smartphones and such that could drive the price of the PlayStation 5 to close to $500. Uh, right now, according apparently, the manufacturing cost is around $450, which, boy, that's already pretty rich for my blood. So I, I could mention more details here. I mentioned um, the raw materials and the memory components. Uh, the cooling system is also apparently very expensive. So this kind of, this kind of begs a lot of questions. Um, first of all, would you pay $450 for a PlayStation 5? Um, and yeah, I'll just turn it over to you guys. So the market has already shown that people would pay $300 for a new console, i.e. Nintendo. Um, however, 400 even $500 is, is, is vastly pushing it for me. The highest I think I would go would be 350 And this to me doesn't seem like, based on the articles I was reading, it doesn't seem like it's so much the cost of the materials themselves, but rather the demand driving the cost of individual pieces up. So that sounds like they just need to get with their procurement people to really bring it down to meet their market value. And in my opinion, we shouldn't have to suffer for that. That's a them problem. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they handle this because I know that when the Xbox Series X was revealed, there was a lot of scuttlebutt and I believe that Sony said that they would be kind of pricing their console around whatever the Xbox Series X ends up being. And I feel like, especially knowing that part of the reason that Xbox kind of had a slow start to this generation was because it was overly priced. I think it was like $100 more expensive than the base model PlayStation 4. Um I have a hard time believing that Xbox is going to try to price themselves out of the market. I feel like they're going to try to keep their costs of their console down, even if it basically has them taking a cut on the console. Because I want to say, and I can't remember exactly what source this is from, so I might be making all of this up. But I remember reading an article about a year or so ago when all of the consoles started getting like big price cuts and they started hitting like that $199 price range from this generation. And at a certain point, like the Sony and Microsoft, they don't make the money off the sale of the console itself. They make their money primarily on the sales of their services and their games. So stuff like 
PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live and now Xbox Game Pass and whatever PlayStation might have. Like, I know they have PlayStation Now. Like, I feel like that's where they really make their money, selling that, selling the peripherals, the controllers. Like, expandable memory, I think, is probably going to be in the cards for the next generation. I feel like they'll make money there. Headsets, games, all of that kind of stuff. So I feel like they would be really silly to price the consoles around $500. I have a feeling they're going to end up taking a hit on the console itself just to get people in the ecosystem. Because as PlayStation 4 demonstrated, once people get in the console ecosystem, and as long as you have a decent amount of games to keep people there, you can pretty much dominate an entire console generation cycle. You've heard it here first, folks. PlayStation, you're being silly. Now, do we know how much the Xbox Series X is supposed to be? Not yet, no. They're actually, so I feel like the two companies are kind of playing like a game of chicken where neither one wants to reveal their price first because they don't want to get undercut and they're waiting to see what the other company is going to do. But like at some point, they're just going to have to do it, right? They should do it at the same time and then that'd be a fun event and it'd get a lot of publicity for both of them. They're never going to do that. And I think you're probably right that that's what's taking so long um, in terms of the price reveal uh for as a point of reference though now you know not having a point of reference with the series x the playstation 4 pro according to this article i have from polygon uh is 400 dollars, or at least at one point i think maybe perhaps when the ps5 was initially unveiled was 400 dollars. so in theory this might only be 50 dollars more right and but people I mean, are you're buying playstation the, 4 pros you're I, talking I, about the pro though i mean there's the slim model and even with the Xbox, like you have the Xbox One S and then you have the Xbox right. One X, which is the stupidest naming convention. That's another another topic. I I think the pro models of consoles being priced at $400, like even that's a niche market for people who are super intensely into gaming. But I think sure. for the casual gamer and for like the parent buying it for their kid, they're not going to want to shell out 450 to $500 on a console. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say right now, I mean... I've wanted a Switch for a while. I've talked to you guys about this, and they never have sales on their consoles. Their console is going to be $300 until the cows come home. And that has stopped me. Like, even that is like almost too much for me. I would not pay $400 for a console. I certainly wouldn't pay $500 for a console. I will not so, have green eggs and ham, is basically what you sound like right now. And I stand by that um, because if the green eggs and ham cost $500, I'm not going to have them. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, when it comes to new console generations, the Xbox 360, I was on the bleeding edge and that was a fun experience, but it was also a fun experience because I was a child and I was not the one paying for them. Uh, I think these days with the kind of gaming that I do, uh, it benefits me much more to take the PlayStation four and the, and the PlayStation VR, which I have and like, the abundance of games that are still there that I have not yet played that are fantastic and work with that until the console price goes down. Because you, you mentioned before that at one point, you know, and even now that you can probably get a, a base PlayStation four for $200. And, you know, I doubt the PS five price is ever going to get that low, but if it lowers at any point, then it will be a better decision for me than spending $450. Like that's like, I don't know if I get, like, get a tax return or something that that's a scenario in which cause, like I almost did that with the switch that that's a scenario in which I'd be like, okay, I'm going to put some of that money towards this, but I can't imagine another scenario in which I would be like, I'm going to spend $450. Well, it's interesting too, thing. because 
all of the new consoles are going to be backwards compatible. So I wonder how that's going to influence people buying on day one. Because if you can get a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One for way cheaper at $199, if these consoles do end up coming out at $450 or $500, right. and you know that whatever games you buy, it's not a total lost cause. Because then when you eventually do upgrade in like three to four years, when the price of the new console drops... You can take those games with you. It's not like the Xbox 360, a lot of those games for me when I switched over to the Xbox One, if my 360 wasn't plugged in, they sat on my shelf and I never played it. Exactly. And and and, and again, just to put that into perspective, we're talking about more than double the price. And I guess for all the great things we've heard about the PS5 and the solid state drive and, and, and whatnot, I have a hard time believing it's going to be that much better of an experience graphically and and user interface wise that's going to justify more than double the cost especially considering that i already have a ps4 i don't need to go out and spend 200 dollars, let alone 450 right and i mean even if you think about the start of a console cycle there always are exclusives when the console launches but there's usually not that many and a lot of the games that do release for a new console they also do a release on the old version of the console because those publishers aren't stupid they don't want to have their game release on something with a relatively small install base so they're going to do a release anyway for the first couple of years so if it does come out that expensive i think that's just going to be an incentive for people to wait and so either way then sony and playstation will be losing money yeah the, the only exclusives that i can think of that would make me buy a ps5 just to play that exclusive are never going to happen because last of us part two comes out in may and i don't think uncharted is going to be revived anytime soon nor is Dead Space. So, so like, Maybe and, Spider-Man. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, man, I don't know. $450. Like that's, that's just tough. Um, we, again, want to hear from all of you on the social meds. Is $450, is $500 a price that you will be willing to pay for the next generation of consoles? If so, why? And if not, why not? not I don't want to make it sound like a homework assignment. That sounds like a homework assignment, but we'd love to chat with you about it. I think I've made it pretty clear where I stand on it, but any closing thoughts from the two of you on this? Nope. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, let's move on then to uh, our, what are you up to Wednesday segment uh, where we talk about what we've been up to. Fancy that. I'm going to go first this week because I'm, I got a lot to talk about. Um, super hot VR guys. Now, now you apparently, I, I, you told me when I t- was telling you about it last week, you told me about Superhot VR a while ago. Yeah, can I just say you're the worst person ever? Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, this was given to me as a Valentine's gift. Uh, it's guys, it's fantastic. I don't. So, I, I, I'm just yeah. gonna cut you off. We had droned on to Illegal how great this game is, and months later, he come he comes and reaches out to us and goes, "Hey, have you guys heard of this game? It's so good." <sighs> Listen, worst person ever. My memory is not good that's that that's all i'm gonna say for now i know it doesn't uh excuse any of my behavior but but I, how I, could I, you forget that embarrassing video of me playing super hot that was sent to you well You're i remember it now because you sent it again, utter so simulator yeah. okay utter simulator if you guys haven't seen nerd bomber playing super hot vr which i hope you haven't because it'd be weird if you had but you haven't lived it's really something special um for those that don't know super hot vr is this game where you you're basically in bullet time. So anytime you're moving 
bullets are moving towards you you have to dodge the bullets and like shoot guys you basically are an action hero it's the coolest thing ever would strongly recommend it to anyone who has vr capability um so that was pretty cool um i just wanted to mention that uh the other thing i wanted to mention is started watching a new show uh that i am kind of geeking out over uh lego masters have you guys heard about this show i have and it it bothers me that they don't call them master builders well i'm guessing and i've thought about this i i'm guessing they can't because that's probably a trademark term right i don't know I i don't know to what extent lego and fox are working together on this i mean clearly there's a lot of product placement and all that but they're actually the way it works there are the judges on the show are master builders so that's probably the distinction um it's a guys it's a lego building competition show and i was i grew up with legos i was a big lego kid um so basically there's these teams of two that have to work to create like in episode one they all had to create a theme park and they had 15 hours which is like the longest stretch of time i've ever seen anyone have in a competition show uh to do it and then they get judged and will arnett is the host and he of course was lego batman and he really really makes hay with that joke repeatedly um but it's super fascinating to see what these people can make. And I would strongly recommend it. It's on, I mentioned it's on Fox also. Do they, I, I watch it on Hulu. Do they ever use non Lego things for their creations? So they haven't yet. I've only watched two episodes. The third episode is, is tomorrow. So even well, like reinforcing or anything like that, no strings, tape, nothing, glue. None of that. None really? Of that. Wow. Um, impressive. there, I mean, for starters, Lego goes a long way. So like, there one of the stipulations of the theme park was that it had to have at least one moving ride and lego has a lot of like well lego mindstorms was a thing at one point there's like there's like robotic concepts to lego yeah like, used there's to like there's those. motors and yeah so like it's there's a lot you can do with it uh suffice to say but there's also a lot of people that that i don't want to say a lot of people but some of the teams have struggled so far because you're just trying to build these really massive things and it's Lego and as great as a building material as it is, it is fragile to an extent. So things break and that's interesting. Um, but I, I'm super into it. And I was, I was also as a Lego kid, I think we might've talked about this on the podcast before. I am a follow the instructions kid, which I know is lame, but it's who I am and I'm not going to apologize for it. So another fascinating thing about watching this is these people don't have instructions, obviously, and they're just creating these massive things and it kind of it kind of blows my mind so i would recommend it to anyone who's a lego fan and anyone who's a fan of competition shows because in that sense you pretty much know what you're getting tactic what do you have for us so for this weekend since it was valentine's day nerd bomber had also gotten me a nice gift well the nice gift was was two books one on woodworking projects and one on woodworking ideas slash inspiration slash comic book of Nick Offerman. And he is my hero. He is a woodworker slash comedian slash all around good guy. And I aspire to be like him one day. And so I've been trying to get into woodworking, which is a daunting task to say the least. Getting the tools alone slash the shop area is very stressful. However, this book kind of reinvigorated my charge to to keep working at it and keep getting the supplies. And like I said, it's an all-around kind of good feels book, has a lot of laughable moments in it, and she did a really good job picking this out. 
So uh, we should have him on the show. But I, I would I'm fascinated. Love that. I'm fascinated by Nick Offerman. I, I just I, as a human being. I want him to take me under his wing in an apprenticeship. And if that means leaving my family behind, so be it. Well, well Nick, wait I hope you're, you. Wow, that's that's bold. Can what I just come say? with you? Can me and our dog come with? I would love to meet Nick Offerman. Okay, I don't I'll, need to make stuff on a wood shop, but like I would love to be there. I'll allow it only if Nick allows it. Nick, if you're listening, I assume you are listening. Um, reach out to us; we'd love to have you on. Uh, we respect the hell out of you. Sounds like a cool book. It's a great book. So I've started kind of upgrading the tools I have. My table saw was literally taken out of the garbage and didn't work. And I've prepared, I've repaired the electronics. So now it actually turns on and off again. And I've just been working to make it as square and true as possible, which is also hard considering it's beat up. At some point, I'm going to have to cut my losses and, and buy a good one. But it's becoming kind of a fun task to bring this one at least up to new quality as opposed to buying one right. new. I've, I've only invested $5 on a, on a switch, which is a pretty good sink as far as table saws go. And uh, just little things like that has been really, really fun and, and also kind of stressful, but very rewarding. Nerd Bomber? There you have it. So because I was sick last week, I really got into a game that I've been meaning to play for a while, and then it finally hit Xbox Game Pass, and I didn't have to buy it, and it just seemed like a great opportune time. Um, I started playing A Plague Tale Innocence, and I had heard a lot of really good things about this game. It's more of like an indie type game, but it got a lot of critical acclaim when it came out, and it was kind of like a sleeper hit last year. And essentially, it takes place during a plague. There's rats everywhere. And you play as a character, Amicia. And the Inquisition comes to try to find your little brother because they believe that he has the cure to the plague or is has something wrong with him that can help them fix the plague. And so your parents get killed and you are then tasked with taking care of your little brother and getting him to safety and then finding a cure for the disease that he has that keeps progressively getting worse. And a lot of it, it feels like a giant, oh, it feels like a, like a big escort mission almost, but it does it in such a way where it's not annoying. The game is really deeply rooted in stealth because all that you are equipped with as Amicia is a sling and you can hit people in the head with rocks and you can also throw like different alchemy type things so like you can throw bait to attract rats to a certain area because the rats are all obviously infested with the plague and they eat people or you can like throw fire starter on things because the rats are repelled by light and fire so basically you're stealthing this entire game and the first chapter that I played and I know I tweeted about this I wasn't super into it I was like oh I'm not great at stealth like I don't know how this is gonna work like I'm one of those players where I just kind of like wreak havoc even when it is a stealthy game like in Dishonored I ended up like I did play a little bit stealthy but I also just killed a bunch of people because I am just that's that's the way that I play and so after the first chapter though I started getting more into the story and the story of this game is incredible and I think it makes up for any gameplay elements that it's kind of lacking in um because like the gameplay, it does evolve. You get more like perks and equipment as the game gets further on. 
Um, but ultimately, like, it's still kind of the same thing. Like, you're hiding and you're slinging people in the head, and that's pretty much it. Like, if you get caught when you're in stealth mode, you die and you have to start over from a checkpoint. It sounds um, so stressful. Like, it sounds like when I'm playing stealth games, because I play Dishonored 2 and um, Dishonored also, not the sequel. I actually own the sequel. I haven't played it. But, like, I was stealthy for a lot of it. And I think in general, I, f- I finished it with a very low chaos score, but I need a security blanket of like having a weapon and a bunch of different like powers that like, you have a sling and that's it. Like, oh my God, I would be panicking the entire time. I mean, the nice thing about the game is that the save points are pretty frequent. So like you never have to play a whole bunch of game over again when you get caught but yeah you basically if you get caught you have no defense really like there's one potion that you can make but the potion if you have too much of it on hand then it's also a detriment to you as you're playing the game are you encumbered uh not so much encumbered but it says and i haven't actually tried it myself but it says like oh if you carry too much of this then you won't be able to have enough of your other supplies or something like that so there if you get caught that's pretty much like game over and you have to restart from a checkpoint but the world building of this game is incredible and the story is really pulling me along like i think we've talked about it before spider-man was one of the few games where i was able to sink countless hours at a time into playing it because i was just so immersed in the game and like with astral chain i was having a good time but I would play it for like a chunk, like an hour here, an hour there. And I couldn't really sit down for three hours and just get super absorbed. But the story and the world building here is really just pulling me along with this game. And I would definitely highly recommend it. I only have three chapters left to go in the game before I finish it. And I'm kind of hoping I can finish it sometime this week. And maybe I'll have like a little spoiler cast thing that I'll lock behind the Patreon wall somehow. Um, But I would definitely recommend this game. The Wikipedia says that the company wanted to create a narrative-driven experience inspired by The Last of Us. So, uh, color me interested. Yeah, I would definitely, definitely play this game. It's gotten a lot of critical acclaim. Like I said, the story is one of the best that I've ha- played in a very long time. It's nominated for yeah, it's nominated for a number of awards. It was nominated in twenty nine, actually in t- twenty nineteen, at the Steam Awards. It won Outstanding Story Rich Game, and then it's nominated for a bunch of things most of which are actually pending. Apparently it was also nominated for a bunch of stuff in the 2020 awards year. So um, check it out. You heard it here first, A Plague Tale Innocence. Um, we need to do a quick update on Fantasy Movie League uh, and we'll do that and then we'll get into our game. Uh, we have a tie this week. That's a, a kind of a rarity for us. Uh, Hipster Pop Geek and Florida Hawk. Hipster Pop Geek again, my goodness. Uh tied at 135.5 this week uh playing sonic and then seven screens of parasite probably uh trying to capitalize on the best picture win for that movie very smart um third place we have mecha yoda uh 107 just about nerd bomber at four with 105 and then look at this uh illegal 86 at 100 million i'm right in there uh I, i managed to beat our good friend ben who had 91 devin reed with 79 Spitfire with 59, Tactic 41 and a half. I forgot what to set my in lineup. In the world. It's funny, you still have a full lineup, but yeah. Um, yeah, not not a great move uh, for you. You really pulled in Illegal 86 on that one. And then uh, Secret Agent Man, our good friend, uh, 33 million. So what, looking at the overall, uh, Hipster Pop Geek expanded, expands their comfortable lead. Uh, to 60 692 on the season florida hawk with 616 
Nerd Bomber was 614, so you're right there in, for second place. Yeah, you can you can be fighting Florida Hawk here in the last few weeks. Um, Tectic uh, at 570 and running out the top five, Mecha Yoda at 552. So um, we have three weeks left of this season, uh, this 10-week season, uh, Fantasy Movie League, so it could be a tight finish for Nerd Bomber and Florida Hawk. Um, and Hipster Pop Geek if, if, if they stumble, but it doesn't seem likely at this point. Uh, if you want to join in on the fun, you can head on over to fantasymovieleague.com, look up the League Online Warriors podcast, which is a locked league, but the password to get in is podcast all lowercase. Uh, you can play for these last few weeks in this season and then really hit the ground running when we start our next season. Uh, and it, it's a lot of fun, so go check that out. Uh, our quiz this week, once again being hosted by me because Tactic uh, lost the quiz against himself. It was so hard. Last week that I, I apparently made too hard, and, and I apologize for that. Uh, this week we're switching back to a uh, kind of, um, I'm trying to remember what we called it, lie detector, that's what it was. Um and the topic this week is actually dinosaurs. So in front of me, uh, I have the names of 10 dinosaurs. Are they all real? I don't know. Well, I do I know. hope I win this one. My nephew is obsessed with dinosaurs. And if I get this wrong, he's going to disown me. My nephew is obsessed with dinosaurs. So I'm, I'm not going to tell you, obviously, how many are real and how many are fake. Um, there, there's 10 of these. So let's, just, let's dive right in. Uh, with uh, the Talosaurus. Fake. I uh, I think this one might be fake. I have to agree with Tactic. Okay, so you're both right. I tried to catch you off guard right away. Uh, the Talosaurus is fake. Uh, my inspiration there was, was Talon 4, which is uh, the main planet in Metroid Prime. Uh, so that's fake. Let's keep it rolling here with the Glottosaurus. I think this one might be real. Can you repeat it? Glottosaurus. I can spell it too if you want. Can you? Yes. Uh, G-L-O-T-T-O-S-A-U-R-U-S. Fake again. It is fake again. Tactic takes a lead. Darn it. Um, I can't really say where I got that one from. It just, just kind of happened. Um, okay, Tactic. Perfect score so far. Really uh, redeeming yourself from last week. Um, let's try Majungasaurus. He's looking on in consternation so that one sounds fake but i'm gonna go real i think this one has to be fake tactics on fire this is real no Uh, way a classic use of the it sounds so fake it has to be real strategy and it paid off for him the majungasaurus is real um by the way i got all of these dinosaur names off of uh thoughtco.com which has a complete complete a to z list of dinosaurs and there are so many dinosaurs, guys. I, I want to make that clear. There's only I only have 10 here. There have to be at least 300, 500 on this page. It's the longest web page ever. Uh, so, Tactic, three points. Nerd Bomber, one point. Nerd Bomber, it's going to... It's, it's, you got to step it up. Uh, let's go with the Condo Raptor. I think this one is real. Can you repeat it? Condo Raptor. <laughs> Can you spell it? Yeah. Uh, C-O-N-D-O-R-R-A-P-T-O-R. Can you so actually, use I guess it's a sentence? The, it might be the condor raptor, because there's two R's Oh, the, the condor. Okay, that's real. Okay, so you both said it's real. You're both correct. I don't even know how to pronounce it, clearly, but uh, it, it's real. Uh, so, Tactic maintains a perfect score. Still three ahead. No, still two ahead of Nerd Bomber. Uh, let's try the Quantasaurus. Quattro? Quanta. 
Quantasaurus. That's real as well. I think this one is fake. I feel like you're channeling like quantum physics. This is real. It's actually, this dinosaur is named for Qantas Airlines, which is the main airline of Australia. Some of these, there's so many dinosaurs that are named after things, like named after companies. There's one called, there's a dinosaur, I mean, this isn't, this doesn't count, the Dracorex, and it's based off of, it's named after Draco Malfoy from Harry Potter. I can't make this stuff up. Uh, Tectic, you're killing it here. I mean, this is really unbelievable. Now you have a, what, a three-point lead? I'm not sure. I feel like he has to be cheating somehow. Um, His whole tactic of like, can you spell it? Can you use it in a sentence? I have to know the exact pronunciation slash spelling because I'll tell you my secret when we're done. So we, we, we're, we're five questions down. Tactic has a three-point lead. It's going to take a miracle at this point, Nerd Bomber. Let's keep going with the Dactylosaurus. It's out of eight. It's out of ten. So we're halfway through. Uh, let's try the Dactylosaurus. Dactyl? Dactylosaurus. That's fake. I think this one's real. <laughs> this is fake. Well, how are you doing this? What the heck? This is fake. And I thought this was my most convincing fake that I have here. So, uh, well done. Um, okay, so perfect six. And now you're four ahead. So I literally, point, like, I don't think I can win. Well, to, yeah, you'd have to get the rest right and you have to get the rest wrong to tie. Let's see if you can do it. Uh, with the Saturnalia. That one is definitely fake. Can, it's you, a can you spell it? S A T U R N A L I A. I honestly don't know this one. I'm going to go real. <laughs> it is real. <laughs> it is also the name of a holiday. You're right, Nerd Bomber. I think it was like, I'm was about it like a to Roman like, thing. Yeah. I'm about to like rage quit. Uh, yeah. So, Tactic, you won. Congrats. You've, you're, but I want to see if you get all these right because you're not right at this point. You're seven for ten. Um, so let's keep it rolling here. Nerd bomber, I guess you can play for fun if you want. <laughs> uh, the Centrosaurus. Centra. Centro. Centrosaurus. C e n t r o saurus. That's fake. I'm gonna go with real. Ooh. Okay. So Tectic, you finally slipped. It's real. Dang. That one's real. Uh, you were close to the to the clean sweep, but you didn't you couldn't quite pull it off. Um, so let's finish up here. I got two left. Might as well do them now. Uh, the Volcanodon. That one's real. That one's fake. It is real. <sighs> Spelled exactly how it sounds. Basically, I'm just like trying to do whatever the opposite is that he says. Well, let's just do the last one for fun. The Pantherosaurus. That's real. I'll go first. I'll do it. What is Pantera? That's Star Wars. That's fake. So it's not Star Wars. It's a band. But you, you got me. It's fake. <laughs> Pantera is a band. Uh, so you went nine for ten. I mean, that's in the history of, of online warriors quizzes. That's got to be close to top marks. So when I was a kid, I used to love drawing dinosaurs and coming up with new names for them. And I had to look up what names were taken. So clearly so I, a lot of that sunk in. I've seen a lot of the dinosaur names. Well, uh, I mean, pretty unbelievable. You earned it. You will be hosting next week's quiz. Um, can't wait to see what you come up with and what uh, our good friend Ben suggests for you. So uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to another episode with with you all. But in the meantime, we will be leaving you to your own devices for a week. Uh, enjoy yourselves and be safe. And, and we'll talk to you all soon. See you next week. See you.